Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. My name is Spencer, and I am your host, and I am sure glad that you are here. I hope you enjoy this show, um, and if you do, go ahead and write a review. Um, okay, so I am finally, finally, finally getting around to recording this episode, which is airing in two days from when I'm recording. Um, j- uh, Sharon and I were going to record this together, and we honestly just could not find a good time to record this, uh, because to be honest, uh, we wanted to be at least a little bit drunk. Um, you know, maybe not the the best way to record an episode, the most appropriate, um, but you know, we, we felt like, you know what, let's just go for it. Uh, when I recorded with uh, Muffy Fish Basket, uh, they they suggested that I do something fun for the the episode drunk, and we just uh, we just couldn't get around to it. So sorry, you just have to deal with me and my regular sober nonsense. I don't think the drunkenness would have been any better, but maybe someday, maybe maybe inebriated, maybe when we get to that word, we'll do it. We'll try it. Uh, okay, fun words here. Let's get going. The first word is drumfire. One word. What is a drum fire? Noun from 1916. One, artillery firing so continuous as to sound like a drum roll. So, I like a machine gun or something that's going to fire so many bullets so fast, it sounds like... Number two, something suggestive of drum fire in intensity, and the synonym is barrage, as in a drumfire of publicity. So there is so much publicity happening in this context. There's a barrage of publicity. That's a it's an odd, odd phrase. Uh, yeah, it's like drumfire. It's just a lot of stuff happening real fast. Uh, that's drumfire. All right, uh, the sound effect, um, we're going to do something uh, sort of in the drunken world, uh, just some simple and, and funny and maybe sweet. It's just the phrase, I love you, man. I think, uh, I think we've all experienced it. It's a very stereotypical thing to say, but, you know, it's happened for real, in real life. Next is drumhead, one word, and yes, head is H-E-A-D, noun from 1622. One, the material, as skin or plastic, stretched over one or both ends of a drum. Some drums only have skin on the one side, or we should say the drum head on one side. Some have it on both sides. I think if you have it open on one end, the sound is going to travel more. Uh, it's going to come out more loudly, possibly. Uh, you know, there, there are reasons to have a drum head on both sides. You know, the marching drums, like the big bass drums, uh, the, the drummers, they um, they have the drum in front of their chest and they need to access both sides because they, if they are a two-handed person, they can have two mallets and they can smack both sides. Um, but you know, if, uh, if they only need the one side, then maybe you can get rid of the other side. And it, you know, it's gonna affect the sound in some way. And yes, uh, some are skin, some are plastic. Uh, typically, the drums I think that we think of in like a like a drum kit, a drum set, uh, marching drums, those are probably not skin. But then other things like 
djembes and dundunes and uh, possibly congas. Uh, those are those are often made of skin, but we are definitely seeing a lot more in the uh, the um, the plastic, the uh, non-organic, uh, the the synthetic realm, which I, I appreciate, but it does change the sound, and some people don't like that sound. Number two, the top of a capstan that is pierced with sockets for the levers used in turning it. And I don't remember what a capstan is. It's one of those words that I read here, and it, I did not put it into my memory banks. Pierced with sockets for the levers used in turning it. The top of a capstan. That's a drumhead. Oh, I love you, man. Drumhead court-martial is next. Court-martial is two words with a hyphen. Noun from 1835. A summary court-martial that tries offenses on the battlefield. Um, huh, okay, what it, this is from the use of a drumhead as a table. Interesting. This is, so, so they're on the battlefield... And somebody did something bad, and so they're court-martialing them. They, they have to have a little trial there, I guess, right on the battlefield. That's a funny image. And uh, but, but because they don't have a lot of stuff with them, because they're on the battlefield, they might have drums, because maybe they're using drums marching into battle. The drums go bum, bum, ba-dum, bum, ba-dum, to make everybody scared that they're coming in. And uh, they're like, hey, we need a table. Hey, I got a drum over here, and it's got a drum head on it. You could use that as a table so we can put our documents and things. And uh, that's a drum head court-martial. It's very interesting. Hmm. I love you! Next is Drumlin. D-R-U-M-L-I-N. Noun from circa 1833. An elongate or oval hill of glacial drift. Hmm. An elongate or oval hill of glacial drift. This is a little confusing. Let's read the etymology. It is from the Irish dream. Uh, so that turned into drumlin. Uh, dream means back or ridge. And uh, that's kind of all we're getting here. So maybe the back or the ridge of a, of a hill, but it's got to be oval or elongate. And it is of glacial drift. So is this where like the glacier it was drifting down it and it created this thing? Hmm. I don't know. I'm, a, I'm a definitely confused. Is the, the context exactly? It's, it's a hill, right? That's what it is. It's just a hill called a drumlin. Hmm. I love you, man. I don't know why I do that voice every time. Should we change up the voice? Okay, let's do that. Next is drum machine. Two words, noun from 1980. That is quite a while ago, but I also would have thought it was a little bit earlier than that. Um, it is an electronic device that simulates the sound of drums. And the technology has changed so much in the last 40 plus years that they have gotten really, really good at simulating that sound of drums. Uh, so, um, you know, I don't have much of experience with these. I feel like I've probably played with one a couple of times. Uh, but 
one of my favorite bands in the whole world, They Might Be Giants. They started as just two people playing a guitar and accordion, and they needed a rhythm section. And so they brought in their help, the help of their their friendly neighbor drum machine. And so for a while, all of their drums were made with drum machines, or at least most of them. And they would, uh, they would just record like a backing track onto a cassette tape with drum machine and other stuff. And um, they would play it for their stage shows. Uh, maybe if I can find a good example of one of these old, one of their older songs that is uh, very clearly a drum machine or something, then I'll, I'll put it in. Uh, yeah, I got, I got a couple ideas. Drum machine. And you know, just you, and they, and they make a very fun, interesting rhythms, those two guys, the drums. They have since graduated to having a full live band with them. They've been doing that for the majority of their career. But uh, yeah, that first decade or so, uh, maybe a little bit more than a decade, was was a drum machine full of drum machines. For everyone with dollar signs in his eyes, there must be hundreds that look at you as if you're some kind of rhythm section wanted. No authors need to die to the rhythm section wanted. And here's the reason why. My mouth is a drum machine. No. Okay, next. I love you. I love you, man. Drum major. Two words. Noun from 1807. The leader of a marching band is the drum major. The major, they're waving their stick around. They're telling people where to go. Maybe they got a fun, very tall hat, some fun clothes. Sometimes they do some fancy dances. I love you. Drum majorette is next. So we just took the word major and added E-T-T-E. Noun from 1938. 131 years after drum major, we finally get drum majorette, which is one, a girl or woman who leads a marching band. And I'm suspecting that we probably don't use this word quite as much as we used to, like in the 30s or 40s. Um, because just anybody, who you lead a band, you lead a marching band, you're a drum major. Number two, a baton twirler who accompanies a marching band. So I guess they're not leading the band, they are accompanying the band. They're walking with them, twirling their batons, which is a, a, very, a very good skill, very practical in the world, but it's not easy. Uh, they are also called drum majorettes. I love you, man. I don't need to say man every time. Next is drummer. Noun from 1580. One. One that plays a drum. This is sometimes used figuratively in phrases denoting unconventional thought or action, as in march to a different drummer. I like my drummer. I like to march to my drummer. You have your drummer. You march to your drummer. Um, I think we all, we all march to our own drummer. Maybe some drummers are similar to their to other drummers, but uh, some people, I guess, have different drummers. I feel like I remember some. maybe somebody said when I was a kid, oh, Spencer marches to his own drummer or something, 
which I guess is kind of true, because uh, not most people, most people would not decide to read the dictionary and record themselves talking about it. But I really enjoy it, and I wish more people listened to it, because I just want people to listen to me talk. Um, and why, why drummer? I guess in marching, you'd march to a drummer. Um, I guess this sort of means that if there's a, if there's a marching band and everybody's marching to the drummer and all in step and everything and in rhythm, uh, then they're all, they're all marching to the same drummer. But then there might be one marcher who's just on a whole other rhythm and step and maybe they're doing some fun moves and oh they're they're what drummer are they marching to i don't hear that drummer i think that drummer is in their head uh it's funny though because i i was in the marching band in high school and i was very good about keeping pace keeping rhythm with the drum so i definitely did not march to my own drummer during that time number two Oh, I also we just have to quickly say, you know, if you're playing a drum, you're a drummer. I, that's that's just very obvious and clear. But number two, the synonym is traveling salesman. And I don't really know why they would be called a drummer other than maybe you're, they're called a drummer because they're trying to drum up sales. They're going from place to place, from house to house, building to building, trying to drum up some sales Bring in those bucks. I've never heard a traveling salesman be called a drummer. I love you. Drum roll. I like how this has just become just I love you. I'm just professing my love for everybody, which is true. I love y'all. Y'all deserve love. And that's that. Okay. Drum roll. Drum roll, please. It's a noun from 1828. A roll on a drum or its sound. So the sound that it makes is a drum roll, and the literal rolling of the sticks on the drum is also the drum roll. There's different kinds of drum rolls, aren't there? I don't know. I never really, I never did the snare drum thing. Uh, but there's different ways, and uh, the people who are drummers are real good at the drum rolls. I should have done that as the sound effect, but I, I like I love you, man. That's good, too. I love you, man. Drumstick, one word, noun from 1589, one. A stick for beating a drum. Any kind of stick, any anything you find. Hopefully it's not sharp, because you don't want to break the drum head with your drumstick while you're doing a drum roll, because you're a drummer. Number two, the segment of a fowl's leg between the thigh and tarsus. Uh, so the fowl, this is a bird. The F-O-W-L, fowl. A turkey, a chicken, a duck. So between the thigh and the tarsus is the drumstick. I guess, did I, did I think that the thigh is the drumstick? Or, no, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. I have not eaten meat in so many years, I don't even know the parts of the meat. I just prefer the drumstick that hits the drum. I love you. I love you. No, you got to say it drunk, man. That's the whole point of this thing. I love you. <laughs> Who says that when they're drunk? Next is drum up. Two words. Transitive verb from 1830. Uh, number one. 
to bring about by persistent effort, as in drum up some business. And this is uh, probably connected to that uh, traveling salesman who's called a drummer because they're trying to drum up some business. Two, the synonyms are invent and originate, as in drum up a new method. Just creating a thing. You're inventing it out of your brain stuff. Drum up a new method. All right, that is the end of the drum word. So now I gotta say, I love you. Here is the first form of the word drunk. And this is the past form of the word drink. I'm drinking currently, presently, but in the past, I drunk some stuff. Drunk some liquid. Yep, you can say that kind of. I love you. Number two, no, the second form of drunk. This is an adjective from the 14th century. 1A. Having the faculties impaired by alcohol. Oh, uh, right now I feel like I am having the faculties impaired by alcohol. I have a drunk, a little too much alcohol, and now my faculties are all impaired, and I don't know what I'm doing or what I am saying. 1B. Having a level of alcohol in the blood that exceeds a maximum prescribed by law, as in legally drunk. So this is, it's not, um, it's not subjective. It's not subjective to your feeling of like, oh, I'm buzzed, oh, I'm drunk, oh, I'm smashed. Those are, those could be three different levels of uh, alcohol impairedness. But no, this one, this is where the, uh, the state, every state has a different opinion on what the legal level of drunk is. And I think a lot of them, it's like the, the blood, the alcohol, what's the phrase? The blood alcohol content would be a 0.08. That's an example. And I think a lot of them are 0.08. So if you blow into one of those little machines and you uh, your blood alcohol content level is 0.08 or above or whatever your state or country says, then you are legally drunk. Two, it doesn't matter how you feel or what you're thinking, or how you're moving, or anything, or how you're acting. It's all about the content of the alcohol in your blood. And everybody is different. Two, dominated by an intense feeling, as in, drunk with rage. No alcohol there, although, typically, when people get drunk, they can sometimes get angry and get mad very easily, And so uh, those can go hand in hand, alcohol and drunk with rage. Drunk with alcohol, which turns into rage. But in general, here we're talking not about alcohol. We are talking about just very intense feelings. Ooh, I am drunk with rage. Number three, relating to, caused by, or characterized by intoxication. And the synonym is drunken with an E-N at the end, as in drunk driving. So the driving is being described as being drunk uh, because it's it's related to being drunk, caused by all these things, characterized by intoxication. The driving is drunk, not the car. The car is not drunk. 
nope, it's the human who is controlling the car and the human might be drunk. Please don't do this. I don't have to say it, but I'm going to say it. Please don't do this. Please don't be drinking and then be driving. Not smart thing to do. <sighs> okay, we got to move on. I'm sure we could talk a whole lot about that stuff, but we have a few more drunky words. I love you, man. The third form of drunk noun from 1779. One, a period of drinking to intoxication or of being intoxicated, as in a two-day drunk. And I don't think I have really heard this used in that way. The period of time that you are intoxicated is the drunk. And wow, two days? Two days? I feel like I could go a night you know, and then I'm out. I'm done. I couldn't keep on drinking once I hit drunk level. This is not a thing that I I uh, I do very often at all. I have I have a very small handful of times in my whole life that I've actually been drunk. So two days of being drunk is a two day drunk, and that sounds insane to me, but not to some people. Number two, one who is drunk especially the synonym drunkard. So the the person, this is where we hear this one used much more frequently. The person is a drunk because they like to, they, either they are drunk at the moment or they just like to get drunk often. There are other terms for that, but uh, yeah, uh, such a drunk. He's drinking and drinking and he did some drunken and he's drunk and all he says is, I love you, man. The next word is drunkard. So it's drunk with an A-R-D, noun from the 15th century. One who is habitually drunk. So it's like maybe every day they're drinking, getting drunk. Oh, we've heard a lot of people in, uh, in, in popular culture over many centuries who, uh, who like to get drunk a lot. They would be considered a drunkard. You know, I guess it depends. Like if you're drinking a lot... Do you get drunk as easily? Are you drunk as often? Um, you know, there's a lot of writers who I know would get drunk a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, that's uh, that's their form of uh, dealing with life. And it is usually not a very healthy way to do things. I think there are much better ways to deal with life than alcohol. In fact, I would say it's probably one of the worst things. I could say that fairly objectively, I think. But we, I think these days at least, we use the word drunk to describe somebody who is habitually drunk more than drunkard. That feels a bit old to me. What is a drunkard? You could describe them as being, I love you, man. They are drunken. Drunken with an E-N. Adjective from before the 12th century. Number one. This is the number one definition for the word drunk, which it's not saying which form, but I'm assuming it's the second form. So that would be having the faculties impaired by alcohol. Drunken, I guess so, as in a drunken driver. Yes, you could say that as well. A drunk driver, a drunken driver. The driver is being described as drunken. Number two, this one is obsolete. And it is saturated with liquid. 
because whatever it is, whatever this thing is, it drank so much liquid, it was a liquid was poured onto it, it was drunk it was dunked into liquid, it is saturated with liquid, so it is drunken. But I guess we don't say that anymore. Probably because the word drunk and drunken has now it's it's used to describe alcohol things, alcohol related things so much more now. 3a given to habitual excessive use of alcohol you are so the, a person probably given to habitual excessive use of alcohol they are drunken 3b of relating to or characterized by intoxication as in they come from broken homes drunken homes and that is a quote from pb Gilliam. I'm sure I've said this before, maybe with this person, maybe with somebody else. I hope PB stands for peanut butter. It's got to. It's got to. So peanut butter Gilliam was talking about uh, people coming from broken homes, which could also be described as drunken homes. Because uh, other relating to are characterized by intoxication. It's just anything related to being intoxicated with alcohol is drunken. 3C, resulting from or as if from intoxication, as in a drunken brawl. Uh, see, this is this gets back to people get angry. People, people have their emotions go going hog wild when they're getting drunk, when they're they're drunken with alcohol, and then they get all mad and crazy, and uh, and, and then then fights break out. For for what? What what is the point of this? I got I got me some issues. Okay, number four, unsteady or lurching, as if from alcoholic intoxication. Um, uh, this seems like I mean, isn't this very connected to any of these other ones that are just all about alcohol, unsteady or lurching, as if from alcoholic intoxication. Okay, so I guess it's not literally uh, about being intoxicated from alcohol, but if you're sort of acting like you are intoxicated, then uh, then you could be described as drunken. Drunkenly is an adverb, and drunkenness is a noun. Um, let's see, this is uh, it's basically from the Old English verb drinkan, which means to drink. And that's all you get there. What's my sound effect? It's not a drum roll. It's, I love you, man. Drunk tank, two words, noun from 1947. A large detention cell for arrested drunks. Maybe at the local jail, there at nighttime, all the drunks are like, I'm misbehaving, and then they get arrested, and then they spend the night in the drunk tank. And it's just filled with drunkards who might have a drunken brawl in the drunk tank. I love you. Next is Drupacious. Okay, no more drunk words. Drupacious, D-R-U-P-A-C-E-O-U-S, adjective from 1822, one, of or relating, that's a weird way to say those words, of or relating to a droop, 
which is our next word. But first, we have to say number two, bearing droops. So anything related to a droop or something that makes droops, bears droops, it is droopacious. So, I love you, man. Droop, D-R-U-P-E, noun from circa 1753. A one-seated, indehiscent fruit having a hard, bony endocarp, a fleshy mesocarp, and a thin exocarp that is flexible, or dry and almost leathery. So the example of the one that is flexible would be like the cherry, and the one that uh, the example of one that's dry or almost leathery would be the almond. Okay, so first of all, let's talk about the etymology. Um, it is uh, from the Latin word drupa, which means very specifically overripe olive. An overripe olive is a drupa in Latin, which is from the Greek dripa, which means olive. So drupa is an olive, but clearly we're not only talking about olives these days. Um, it is a fruit. Okay, number one, a droop is a fruit. It only has one seed. Okay, that's helpful. Lots of things only have one seeds. One seed. <laughs> that You can't play, say, plural seeds when we're talking about one. Um, so this is where it gets interesting. So there's endocarp, mesocarp, an exocarp. So the exocarp is probably on the outside, and that's thin. Uh, and so like in the cherry, that thin outer layer is flexible because, it, yeah, it has a very thin uh, skin, I guess you would say. The mesocarp, I'm guessing, is the next level in, and that's fleshy. Fleshy mesocarp. So again, in the cherry, uh, that's probably the bulk of the cherry. It's all median and soft. And then it has a hard, bony endocarp. And I'm guessing that would be the actual pit or seed, probably. Uh, and I could be wrong on these. I'm just sort of guessing based on the little bit of English knowledge I have. Um, so yeah, the pit of a, of, a, of a cherry is very hard. Uh, so a cherry is a droop, I guess. Now the other example here they have is the almond. And I think the almond would be the pit of the fruit, but you can eat it. You can't really eat the cherry pit, but you can eat the almond pit, I think. But then I don't really know what is the rest of it around the almond. Is there a fruity thing of fleshy mesocarp and a thin exocarp around an almond? I don't know. I've never harvested almonds before. I don't know, but that's a droop. Lots of examples of droops. I wonder if like, uh, you know, we've got like apricots and peaches and plums. Those all have a single seed. But are those considered droops as well? I don't know. The next word. I love you, man. That was very drunk. That's That was like overly weird drunk. Next is drooplet. Noun from 1880. A small droop. And specifically... One of the individual parts of an aggregate fruit, as the raspberry. So the, the raspberry, I guess you could call it an aggregate fruit because it's a bunch of tiny little fruity balls 
connected together to create one raspberry. Um, and, um, but it's small and it's a droplet uh, because it's a small droop. Um, but do, do raspberries have pits in them? Maybe they do. I don't know. They're not the ones that I eat. Hmm. A droplet. A small droop. And our last word. Do we, do we try to make this last sound effect count in some big way? I love you, man. Nothing I have ever said here is like uh, faking being alk- uh, pe- being drunk in any way. Uh... Which is fine. I'm not trying to. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I Yeah, I don't really feel like doing that right now. But, you know, I said, I love you, man. I love you, man. I love you, man. You're so dope. You're awesome. We're all awesome. I love you. Man, woman, child, I love you. I love you. The next word and the last word is druthers. D-R-U-T-H-E-R-S. Druthers. Noun from 1870. Uh, this is uh, it's a dialect, I guess. Cer- certain people use this. And it means free choice. This synonym is preference. And this is used especially in the phrase, if one had one's druthers, that's the end of the phrase. <laughs> there should be a dot, dot, dot. There, should, there would be more to that sentence. If one had one's druthers, they would decide to read the dictionary in a podcast form. Uh, so free choice. If you had your free choice, if you could do anything you wanted, what are your druthers? What would you prefer to do? Those are your druthers. And, uh, you know, in general, most people got some druthers. Um, it looks like this word druther is an alternative of the, the two words. I guess you could also sort of call it a contraction. It's would rather. So would rather. I would rather do this than that thing that you're telling me I should do. So that got combined to druther. Would rather. Would rather. Would rather. Would rather. Druther. Druther. Hmm. I, that is a fascinating etymology. Never would have thought about that. Never thought about where this word came from. And now I know. And it makes more sense. I got my druthers. I would rather do this than that. All right. It is word of the episode time. So we had drum fire, brrr, drum head, drum head court martial, drumlin, drum machine, drum major, drum majorette, drummer, drum roll, drum stick, drum up, drunk, 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 drunkard, drunken, drunk tank, Droopacious, droop, drooplet, and druthers. Okay, well, you know, I think I'm going to have to pick one of these drunk words. Uh, I am very tempted to pick a drum word, uh, but I think, you know, we probably picked drum in the previous episode, so I'm probably not going to do that, but, you know, I got to give out my shout-outs to, uh, you know, drum roll, drummer, uh, drum head, definitely drum machine, you know, those are big contenders for possible word of the episode. But yeah, I think I'm just going to have to pick, um, I don't know, drunk, I guess. Because, you know, not not in any positive way. Um, it You know, it can be a fun thing to do if you are of a certain age. Um, but, uh, but you got to be careful. You got to be smart. 
you got to be in a good place uh, mentally, possibly physically, uh, a good location. Uh, make sure that you are you do not have to drive. That is kind of the biggest thing I want to get across is uh, don't don't just don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't drink and drive. Um, there have been way too many accidents and injuries and deaths uh, caused by this. And um, yeah, it is a huge problem. Um, and just, you know, alcohol in general uh, can be fun in small amounts, but it can very, very easily turn into a big problem. And the, 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 the issue about that is that people, when they are drinking because they are losing their inhibitions, they don't realize, they're not consciously aware that they are crossing over that line. And that's where the trouble starts. And uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, you, you got to be really careful. You got to be really conscious. You got to maybe have your limitations. Say, I can do one drink and I'm good. I can do two drinks and I'm good. Anything more than that, we're going to have some problems. And, you know, depending on the person, it could be, it could be lots of problems. Uh, anger is a big one. Uh, lots of things. Um, and just uh, personal, personal, uh, personal information. What am I trying to say? That's my little bit of personal information about me. The first time I got drunk, um, I was, I was almost 22. So I waited a very long time to do that uh, for, you know, for average people. And, um, that first time was, was a blast. I, I had a fantastic time. I was with a bunch of friends. Uh, there were no, no problems, no, 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 uh, no angry things. I was at home. Everything was great. I had a fantastic time. The next time I got drunk was only a couple of months later. Um, actually, I think the first time was, I was almost 22. And then the second time was around my 22nd birthday, if I'm remembering correctly. And I had too much. Uh, this this was a great uh, dichotomy, a great juxtaposition of <laughs> drunk situations. The first one was, was fantastic. The second one, I had a great time up until a certain moment. There was some throw up. Uh, the emotions went a little crazy. I felt I threw up, I think, on somebody's foot and I cried. I later threw up in the toilet. I, you know, this. I'm sorry if this is bothering you, but I just want to give some personal information for maybe people who, uh, who, who are not as experienced in the alcohol world. And, um, and then the next day, uh, I had a hangover. And uh, it was a great thing to experience of how crappy that feels. And every time pers somebody gets a hangover, they're like, I'm never doing that again. And of course, they do do it again. Uh, maybe I've been hungover once or twice again, but my my alcohol consuming, the amount of alcohol I consume is very low. I've really only been drunk a small handful of times after that. And that was 20 years ago. Um, because it's just not a feeling, you know, the early stages are fun, but once it gets to a certain level, it's not fun. And I know for myself that I can get kind of angry, uh, if, if things are going that way. And I, that is not something that I like in myself and I don't know why it is. Um, but before that, 
it's a, it can be a lot of fun. So you really, really, really just have to be careful. And that's just what I want to say. And I think that there are other things if you feel like um, you need some sort of substance. I think that there are other things that are better and safer. Um, but I would also like to highly recommend try having fun with nothing. There are some people who are very... Um, who feel very strongly about being straight edge and doing nothing. And I guess I was kind of like that for a long time. And you got to figure out what's best for you. And um, I had a whole lot of fun at parties with no substances whatsoever. I remember just dancing my ass off at some point and somebody, they, they thought I was drunk. They thought I was on cocaine. They thought I was whatever. And I had nothing. And I had a great time. So you can absolutely have a fun time without any alcohol or anything, and I think that you should try that. I did not sing a song about drunk. There's so many songs about being drunk. Drunk, drunk, I'm not drunk right now because it's the morning and I'm about to start my day. I don't care for the song whatsoever because it's not a song. Drunk, 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 people like to get drunk, but a lot of people don't like to get drunk. Ah, whatever, I'm not even going to try it any more songs today because they ain't working um but you get what i'm trying to say and i hope that you are very smart about your alcohol usage and uh you know that's uh that's what i gotta say to you so on that note thank you very much for listening and until next time this is spencer dispensing information i love you man